Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Wildman Revolution podcast. As always, I'm super pumped and excited to have another amazing man on today, but I'll get to our special guest soon. Um, if you haven't already, please, please, please go check this out um, on all the platforms. If you're listening in, um, please like, subscribe, leave a review. Let me know how we're going. Let me know what you love and like or what you don't like about myself or whatever the guests are getting on. Honesty and, and realness is what we, we want here. And go check this out on YouTube too because some of the uh, interviews do have some visuals. Um, it's not always looking at my my great head to look at and the guests, even though all the, the beautiful men I have on, I, I encourage you to check them out visually. <laughs> um, but something that's really, really big is if you guys don't already know, like I do a lot of work in the coaching world, healing world, I don't, I don't like to put a label on it. Um, I'm all about transformation and, and enabling, facilitating, um, leading other men, especially um, through their growth journey. And um, I love teaching things too. And one thing that that's come through with me as this podcast evolves is generally when we have these interviews or you go to an event and a guest is coming on and um or you're, you're sharing some content on social media and you're going to, to introduce a guest or you're going to use some social proof, so to say, to say, hey, this person, I know this person in my network, they're doing great things, we're teaming up, we're collaborating. You would edify, you would say great things about what they're doing in the world, great things about what they do in their genius zone, how are they helping people? Um, and I think that's great. It's, it's not a new thing to do. It's not a, a there, but what I really, really love is when, I see a man or I see a, a person be in their power and really own their gifts and express that and be, be witnessed in that, be felt in that, be heard in that. There's a big thing here in Australia, especially, you probably heard of it called tall poppy syndrome. Like if anyone's super confident, supremely confident, really, really expressing themselves really in their power and really being okay to be like, hey, this is what I do or this is who I am. And I'm so, so happy to share this loud and proud. In Australia, a lot of the time, and this is changing, society tends to frown upon that and say, well, you're arrogant or you're up yourself or things like this. It's probably one big reason in the last couple of years I've really looked to um, mentors from the US of A in America, like a couple of guys like Sean Whalen, um, Ryan Mickler. They are, they are just so solid and so owning who they are and coming from that place that it does, it does like catch a lot of people off guard. And uh, I really am on a mission to, to change that. So what I've noticed with the start of the podcast, I'm not going to talk about the guests for a while because I'm liking this little exercise where I introduce them and they get to talk about themselves. Anyway, my following guest, I will say a couple of things. I love having a chat to this man. We've got a growing relationship. I was so privileged to be on, um, their podcast is beautiful. Um, wife, yeah, Aaron, Ria, correct, yes, correct. Good I better, I should ask these things before, but about Aaron Lazaro, okay. I've been on their Architects of Destiny podcast, which was a fine experience. And I feel from leading into that and from that, we've, we've grown this really great relationship. We talk about all world things, but more importantly, um, I think something that's going to come through in this podcast about our service to men and, and women alike in the world and what we see as the solutions. and. And most importantly, all um, when you listen to what this man, um, his genius own and his gifts are, I think it's really, really special. And I really am excited to have him on. Aaron Lazar, without me talking too much longer, man, 
introduce yourself and all the things, man. Thanks for being on, brother. How do I follow that? Wow. Um, <laughs> so my name's my name's Ariel Azal. Um, I've recently uh, sort of I'm 42 years old, um, been a sort of spiritually aware person um, ever since I was a kid. I remember sort of looking back. Uh, Ever since I was sort of nine years old, I remember looking out the window and I could see radio waves and television waves within the sky in what I now know to be my consciousness and always had a keen interest in extraterrestrials, UFOs, paranormal, um, just kind of uh, just the more wacky elements, really. Keen sportsman, so it was kind of, you know, it wasn't kind of completely strange. I was kind of uh, pretty normal. At a normal <laughs> completely strange, oh. just a little bit. <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I had a normal childhood, played rugby, played fo football, tennis, just had a really good bunch of friends. It was really good, but I had this interest. I'd always had this interest. And I remember a good friend of mine when I was early 20s, he was running spiritual development classes and um, I, this was like over two decades ago and he basically he was my mentor from that time and I was going to these weekly classes and he opened me up it was the equivalent of um, switching on my consciousness my beacon my receiver to the, to the quantum field and it terrified the pants off me because when this receiver was turned on it was like all the TV channels and all the radio stations trying to come through at once. And it terrified me. And it was fine to dabble in that kind of stuff on my own terms. So if I was doing this stuff at weekends or whatever, but if I'm trying to get to sleep on a Tuesday and I've got work the following morning at midnight and there's just this really terrifying energy in the room and I can see things moving and stuff, it became really, really terrifying. So I kind of just consciously turned it off and pushed it away because I just wanted my sanity back. I'm early 20s, right? like going out to pubs and nightclubs and partying and concerts and just living the normal life, right? So I just kind of didn't have the headspace for this because I didn't know how to control it. That was the, the thing back then. And I had, so nobody in my position that I am now where I help people, where uh, people were showing me how to effectively protect myself. So I, I switched it off and basically pushed it away from me. And then for the next sort of 20 years, nearly two decades, went about living a really kind of, normal three-dimensional life so went about building businesses chase money material things traveled because i love to travel so i've lived all over the world uh, traveled as often as i can that was one of my passions uh season ticket holder for manchester united so I used to go to old trafford in manchester all the time watch the football uh from south wales in the uk so i used to go, go and watch the, the the national team whenever i'd get a chance um, came traveling to Australia. So that's the first time I went to Australia. So I spent a year on working holiday visa, backpacking, best year of my life. Still, still was incredible memories, made some really, really good lifelong friends that I've, I've still got. Um, and yeah, just went about building businesses, became really stressed um, and kind of was just living. So on the face of it, I had everything. So I kind of, I'd made it in my thirties, right? So I built up businesses um, had staff on the payroll. I had, um, goodness me, what else? Contractors, subcontractors that used to work for us. Had a, like a building company, investment properties. Uh, we used to do property investment. Had other businesses as well. So hospitality businesses, etc. Nice house, nice car, beautiful wife, uh, two dogs that turned heads. So on the, on, I ticked every single box. And on the outside, you would think, do you know what? It's like, yeah, okay, I've, I've, I've made it. But on the inside, I'd never felt so unhappy. I was just empty. 
um, felt hollow, felt uh, miserable. Every single day, I felt like I was trapped within this monster I created, a weight of everybody's expectations, staff members, uh, investors, just uh, contractors, everybody's expectations. And I just felt trapped and I felt every single day there was like a piece of me that was dying every single day. I just felt just so stressed and miserable to the point of, of being depressed, I'm, 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 uh, I'm recalling. And it was at this stage, I was completely out of alignment with what I, what I came in to do. This is just, but I just didn't realize it. So the universe had been kind of nudging me at certain points through my life. And of course, being under ego, full of testosterone and headstrong and a bit younger, I'm thinking to myself, nah, don't tell me what to do. I'm, I've got it nailed here. Don't, I'm going to do my own thing. So I ignored the universe. Right? And then literally, I then, within the meantime, became really, really stressed, uh, took up, my wife Rhea was already meditating to do the whole mindful stuff and, and for her own mental health, because she was um, feeling quite stressed at that time. And then I kind of got into it off the back of, of her and kind of then this kind of whole situation culminated where we basically ended up losing everything. So basically at the start, at the end of 2019, basically the Secretary for State in UK and Wales ordered the closure of hospitality businesses because of the pandemic. That's basically, they changed the legislation and everybody had to close their doors, they couldn't trade. And we'd just come through the winter, which is a lean period, because I know we were Northern Hemisphere in the UK, you're Southern, it's back to front season-wise, yeah, but just come through the winter, which was lean, um, on cash flow and everything within the business. We just managed to get through that. And then typically it's seasonal. So it picks up in the spring and the summer, you make good money and it evens out over the year. That's how hospitality works. So we just got through the winter and then bang, we had to close the doors and we had to refund nine months worth of bookings ahead. Everybody just, yeah, seriously, bang, gone. High finance costs and the whole thing just went bush. So the whole thing failed spectacularly. And it was like 10 years worth of, blood, sweat and tears, my entire identity crumbled at that point. Um, peers and sort of people within the industry that um, sort of respected me and I was invited to speak at networking events and industry networking events and things. All of a sudden I found these people I kind of had a good relationship with taking punches and kicking us on the way down as we kind of, so yeah. it was just a rough, rough period. But it was this kind of intense period of pain and suffering, I guess, where my entire identity fell away is that I had this spiritual awakening into what I should have been doing. So this whole business collapsing, even though it was 10 years worth of work, this was the universe's punch in the face. And I'm just sitting there seeing stars going, shit, what the hell is going on here? But then actually waking up to what it is I came here to do. And yes, everything had crumbled, but my God, it felt good. And like now, my life now is just completely transformed on every single level compared to what it was. And... It's kind of what I've learned to do is to observe um, what used to make me unhappy and used to make me stressed and actually remove all of that from my life now. So I'm, I don't have stress. I don't have pressure. I don't have tension. Um, I've gone through, they say the dark night of the soul. Oh my God. I went in probably the dark month of the soul I was, I was in. It was just some of this stuff and the pain and trauma that I've been through. I had to work through and purge and actually overcome this stuff. I'm actually in a much better place emotionally than, than what I ever was because I didn't realize and still start, start to do the inner work is how much pain and suffering we're all carrying around. We're all like walking wounded. If we could see on the other person walking down the street exactly what they're carrying pain-wise, my God, 
You know, if that was just physical scars of a battlefield, what that would look like, you know, it's just incredible. So it was, in a way it was difficult, but had the opportunity to, from that point, to start to work on myself and actually step into what I, I came here to do. And, you know, there was that, um, I recommend anybody to go and listen to this, it's Steve Jobs' Stanford speeches, an address he did on YouTube to Stanford University, it's about 2006, I think, 2006, 2008, something like that. And he was talking about the time where he was ousted from Apple, basically. And uh, I think there was a big falling out he'd had with Apple and he was kicked out by the board of directors at that time. He was talking about this in his speech. And, you know, he says, with, with respect, when he kind of looked back at what happened, it's kind of, he's grateful for it. And maybe the patient needed the medicine at that time. And I, I actually think that myself, it's like, yeah. I needed that punch in the mouth from the universe because if I hadn't had that and I hadn't, it hadn't kind of spectacularly ended in the way that it did, I'd still be on that path now and I wouldn't be doing what I came here to do. So in a way, I'm blessed, I'm grateful. Managed to move from Australia to Costa Rica. So done a bit of traveling, you know, during this period. So it's just, yeah, it's an honor. And I could go on and on, So, but I've, I know I want to keep it on track with this for you, Steve. So Man, there think. is no track. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love, I, I love hearing about this because there's elements I resonate with. Um, the timing, the age you were compared to me that resonates. Like I really, I knew I had, you can call them gifts or these awarenesses from a young kid too. I used to write stories about space travel and I'm like, mm. where's this coming from? But it felt like it was me doing it. And I didn't share it with anyone until I realized in my late thirties, I'm like, Hey, wait, that was probably, I think I experienced that shit. And I, I'm like, yeah. And then as I got older, I just pushed all that stuff away. So I too, until in my mid thirties, I had a high stress job, my choice my looking yeah. after many, many workers in the mining industry in the Pilbara in WA, 50 degrees every day. And, and the stress overload was so much. And it was when I lost a good mate to suicide. It sort of pushed me to go, shit, you're way out of alignment, Steve. You know it. What are you going to do about it, buddy? You're going to keep being miserable, unhappy on the inside. That's, that's the part I really resonate with the most, man. It doesn't matter what you've got in life. On the outside, and I love material things, don't get me wrong, but if the material things are out of alignment because you're out of alignment on the inside, they mean shit. <laughs> so I love that, and I love I love where you've come from, the experience that you've got. But I even, for the listeners and people watching on, when I hear you say, you know, the dark night of the soul, it was more like the dark month. I know there's men out there right now that have been in this dark night for months, if not years, and haven't done shit about it. If, if that's you listening right now, this is why I love all the guests that I have on. Every single one of them has gone through something that has challenged them beyond what they thought they were capable of overcoming and not only got through it, come back into alignment and thrive. Man, no stress. You're in Costa Rica. You guys took off to Costa Rica in the middle of when everyone thought that planes were never going to come back. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know you know what that was it was like literally I, I was um i realized i was becoming a prisoner of my own mind because I, I turned the tv off two years ago because it was like at first when this kind of whole phenomenon let's call it that right the, sort of the last couple <laughs> of years the phenomenon yeah so it was kind of in the beginning i didn't kind of know what it was and like you know it's kind of you're seeing all this stuff coming out, out of the news from china and stuff where people are dropping down thinking 
bloody hell is this a thing like i'm like didn't quite know what to make of it still trying yeah. to get a sense of it but then pretty soon within eight weeks things just weren't adding up and then i was just and then i kind of just the penny dropped i saw through it and i'm like right okay and i'm all i could see was just fear porn pump 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 yeah. at the tv and i thought you know well you know what the australian media is like you know it's like oh. over there with, like, oh my god i mean it's one of my favorite pastimes watching the politicians with their double speak nlp and pulling yeah. apart what yeah. they're bullshit yeah yeah so i'm like looking at this so i turned the tv off and i went do you know what i'm going to engage with information on my own terms when i want to do it so i'm not going to get subliminal stuff sent in from this sort of uh, idiot box that's sitting in the corner i'll just use that for gaming because i like fifa on the playstation you know so it's like as still useful to have a tv for the playstation you know i don't watch um, tv so i turned that off and then i'm kind of uh, you just there's this just overall worldwide media impression that the whole world is closed right that you can't go anywhere planes aren't flying you pull up the maps from different governments and it's like oh don't travel here don't travel here all the countries painted in red, never in green or blue. So there's always this psychological yeah. red danger. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, it can't be shut. So I started looking into this stuff. And I can see then when you actually do a bit of research, dig the surface, see people are still traveling. And I'm like, I'm being a prisoner of my own mind. I love traveling. We'd felt called to come to this part of the world, to, to, to sort of Costa Rica and Central America. Like, what are we doing? Like, like seriously, it's almost been two years now where... We had kind of, because we were in Australia on a five-year visa at this point. And um, so the plan was to either extend that to something more permanent or we look for somewhere else. But we have five great years in Australia. Love Australia. Really do, honestly. Love the land, love the people. Just lifestyle is amazing. So basically, we looked at it and it was a case of, okay, well, what are we, we going to do? We put our sort of travelling plans on hold because as temporary visa holders, if we left the country... That's it. You, could, you couldn't come back in because the Australian government had put these rules in place. Yeah. So I was like, well, OK, we've kind of waited it out and waited it out and waited it out. So what are we going to do? We're just going to keep waiting it out here. I've, that's two years now we've been hanging around for this. Let's just follow our hearts and go. And you know something? The second we set the intention to do this, because I'm, I'm big uh, power of intention and frequency and energy. I read energy like I read, like I breathe, like I can't help it. It's just automatic. The second we set the intention and book those airline tickets, right? This is just how the universe then provides. And it's the second you step into faith and surrendering to the universe is when the universe starts to provide for you. But you've got to take that step first. This is the rub. This is where you need the strength and you need the belief that everything's going to be okay because it's scary, right? You're going into the unknown. The second we made the decision to go and I've booked the airline tickets, the airline tickets weren't cheap. We had to fly from Perth through Doha Doha to Miami and Miami down to Costa Rica, 30, 35 hours yeah. straight through like this. And so that was three, three uh, aircraft. You're talking a few thousand dollars for two tickets. So it wasn't a cheap purchase where it's like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or, or, yeah. or whatever. It's, it's, you know, it's, you've got to mean to do it. Yeah. The second we paid for and did that, Obviously, we run, we, I've got a spiritual business, I work with clients, I've got sort of courses and programs to do one-to-ones as well. So I've got, I create income through what I do, right, spiritually, which is great. Now, within two hours of booking that airline ticket, the exact, talk about synchronicity, the exact same amount that we'd spent on airline tickets came back in in stuff that we weren't even promoting in sales. And I'd even promoted this on the internet and it was just literally bang, bang, bang. Literally within two hours, 
the account was just topped back up to where it was and we had the airline ticket. And, and, and I'm just like, it's like once you step and you surrender into what you should be doing, follow the heart, that's when everything starts to fall into place and it all provides for you. So Yeah, it was so good to see you guys sort of act on that and sort of be that example for a lot of people too, to, to be over there now. And Costa Rica is a beautiful part of the world. I went there for the first time three years ago. I got five flights to get there, by the way. So you you got lucky with three. <laughs> It took me two two and a bit days. It was hardcore when I went there, um, but that it was, it's a magical place. It's it's so good to see you guys there. In the vortex that is there, and the energy there is very very unique and different. I, I hear yeah. some people say, and I would believe this that whatever you would say, the energy now for the spiritual awakening is in that sort of part of the world. It used to be Tibet, used to be that area. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not spiritual or anything like that, but the energy in Costa Rica and around certain areas of South America, it's it's definitely where the center of it. Yeah, totally. I've spent a lot of time in South America. I love the place. I will go back there eventually. Um, yeah. But it's really good that you're sharing the vibes from there too. Um, yeah. Yeah, like we went we went to um, the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, went to all the Mayan sites around there. That was awesome. just sensational. The energy there is just sensational. And the plan is to go and uh, to go and visit some of the Aztec sites as well around Mexico City. So, yeah, we're, we're blessed, really, to be in such a, an energetically vibrant part of the world. There's, like you say, there's loads and loads going on here. So it's, yeah, I'll, it's have to, I'll have to connect you with um, a good friend of mine and the listeners, viewers, we know Luke Migic, um, who comes on and expert in the financial system and Bitcoin and crypto and et cetera. He's in Mexico now. So Ooh. I have to connect you two guys. He's, um, wow. if you can he, get him he, away he, from he, the Mexican he, women. Has he, been to, um, has he been to Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador? Is he? I has would he say he, he's, he's looking to become the mayor there. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, cool. I, I love this. I would love to know a little bit more about, you talk about having a spiritual business. Now, yeah. This is where I feel you're a definite standout in this sort of arena, so to say, um, where you are grounded, solid, masculine. Um, you look after yourself. You present well. You've got that, that really earthy energy and that assertive energy. Um, and I think that's something that's been missing in the, the men's spiritual totally. business world. Um, I even totally. found myself for a few years actually going from one spectrum like I started in the beast mode, the hardcore masculine, where there was a lot of unhealthiness and ego. I needed it, but I had to activate certain elements of my, of my masculine in there. But yeah. then I went the other way. I went disconnected from that because there I yeah. did see all the distortions. I did see all that. But then I went, you could say, very, very loose and very, very far and un, ungrounded. And then so I experienced that yeah. path for a number of years in business too, and yep. it's really interesting. I look at the progression I had the last couple of years, like my queen, Chaitanya, and I used to have a business together. And we, we, it was a spiritual business. We did a lot of growth. We did do, I did a lot of yep. sound healing. I did a lot of light language and channeling and all that sort of thing, which I still do now, not as much, but I went so far into that that I actually disconnected from that earthy, grounded, wild yes. that, that I am. I would love to know more about like, yeah, tell me, tell tell the listeners and viewers more about how you how you how you serve in that business and, and some of your gifts, man. Yeah, so 
I think what what it is, it's like you know we we talked briefly before, and, and we we were sort of briefly mentioning imbalance, right? So you can you can have a balance imbalance where you're literally away with the fairies, you can't ground down, and and inversely you can be totally ground down and not have that sovereign connection, right? Yeah. So for me, I try and embody balance in whatever it is. So yes, I serve. Yes, I work within the quantum. Yes, I do all this kind of crazy stuff, woo-woo stuff with my consciousness, which yields incredible results in people's lives. But at the same time, I would class myself as a normal guy. Many people probably look at me and think, God, oh, no, that's, that's not normal. But there'll be elements of me that people resonate with. Yeah. So I like the football. I like the sport. I like um, hanging out with mates. I like listening to music. So there's there's many things that I like to do, which I would consider normal, that I've kind of transmuted and transported across from how I've always been. It's just certain elements have changed. And so how it works with me, I'm able to access different dimensions with my consciousness. And the easiest way to explain this is your pineal gland is your receiver. And it's the equivalent of having a, radio, a wireless radio receiver in your head that you can tune in to the different radio stations that are playing around you right now. So it's like, for instance, if you've got, you know, like an old school radio receiver with a with a dial like we used to have, like back in the... Back we in the remember days. that, us old guys yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, like, or even in the car, right, where you had that yeah. little bar that used to go yeah. up and down on the thing, to, yeah, and your coat hanger in the... Air yeah, the coat hanger was the go. Yeah. Total yeah, character. Yeah, bass was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, it was a. It's a case of um, you've got all of these stations playing around you right now simultaneously. It's just we're tuned into five sense reality right now, and it's just a case of um, I'm able to tune my consciousness into different frequency bands and receive a different radio station, whilst at the same time sort of receiving this because my eyes. I can do it with my eyes open, so. I can be looking at you, disengage my point of attention on what I'm looking at, and then go off and do what I need to do. So I give you one of the things I do, I work in the Akashic realm. So I can go and read people's past lives, terrestrial. I can also read people's galactic past lives because we haven't just lived human experiences. We've lived yeah. different races yeah. around the place. Some people I've worked with have had thousands of lifetimes. They're old souls. Other people are a bit sort of younger. Um, I connect to various galactic races. I channel energy from the quantum. I channel what I call consciousness technology. So I'm able to bring in frequency and transmute that into somebody's energetic field, which I call it the egg. So it's like your auric field that sits around. It looks like a shape of an egg, right? Yep. We've all got an egg. I've got an egg. You've got an egg. We've all got an egg. Depending on your um, emotional frequency level. So if you're feeling quite stressed uh, and happy, sad whatever it is it shrinks like this right yeah so this is this is a cool fact for you and you'll you'll connect these dots when it's expanded so your love your uh, joy your abundance your happiness your optimism hope whatever it is those high vibrational feelings excitement you're expanded right so when we're expanded we can uh we can we always influence unconsciously we influence others so you would have experienced people who seem to have the X factor and the charisma, they step into a room, the whole room lights up and people just gravitate towards them, right? And then, yeah. you know, you try and put reason in, oh yeah, they just got good jokes, they've got good banter, they can just, you know, they've got the chat, they can talk, but it's an energetic thing. People are drawn to this frequency. Inversely, on the other side of things, people who are contracted like this, their egg is just tiny. Yeah. 
they walk into a room, they drain the energy from it, like this energy vampires. And all that's happening, it's, it's, um, all that's happening is it's that air energy field is trying to absorb from the room to try and go back to its natural state. So they just come and suck the energy out of the room. So I hope that, you know, perhaps your listeners can kind of relate to this a bit, even though it's a bit woo-woo, they can go, ah, that makes sense. Because that's what basically goes on. It's just frequency. We've got it around us sort of all the time. 100% totally makes sense. Like I say, I, you're talking my language. <laughs> but it does. And I think a lot of people can relate to the, the example you gave too. It's like with our environment, and I think over the last couple of years, people have been really given the opportunity to feel and notice when they do have these, when they've got the people around them, like, do you feel drained? Do you feel like that? Yeah. You feel... Do you feel full? Do you feel happy? You don't even have to go to the woo-woo. And yeah. I have it even with my own clients and that a lot now. One of the big things they've been working on a lot over the last couple of years is environment. Where yeah. you where you place yourself, the people you're yeah. with, and not only the people, the the places you spend your time. Yeah. It's um I think I have I think I have a shrunk egg when I go to the shopping center. Oh, the, thing, the thing is, it's like, um, yeah, you, 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 you probably will do because it's just, um, again, it's kind of reacting to this. There's almost like this collective consciousness of BS, which is going around in Australia with all mandates and, you know, the, the kind of triple masks and visors and all this kind of stuff going on and, you know, the crazies. But I think what it is, it's like we can be affected even by these grid works or layers of collective consciousness. And there's a lot of stress and anxiety and worry collectively across Australia, pumped by the media, pumped by the government, so that they know what they're doing. Um, so that's basically what, what that is. But sort of back a little bit to, to sort of some of the, the other things I do, I do, I guess, as well, is I help a lot of people in sort of one-to-one sessions um, overcome energetic blocks within their life. So we can be experiencing ancestral blocks, we can be which are uh, patterns within our ancestral line, which we're affected by, which cause out of alignment, uh, sort of uh, things to go wrong within our lives. So certain situations will keep replaying through the generations, which aren't perhaps in line with your higher self. We can have situations which are karmic and cause karmic patterns again, which typically are not good, right? We're out of alignment on what, what, uh, what should be going on. Our field, which sits around us, again, the egg, the field can learn things around income and how you generate income. And this can demonstrate, this can play out in um, sort of undesirable ways. Also, pain and trauma and what people have been through. A lot of people don't realize that any pain and trauma they've got within, uh, that they've held on to and stuff done, it's stored within the body stored within the organs and once that's, we that's my genius zone exactly mate you see so you yeah. know you know what i'm talking about so it's like you know when i know i'm sure you know you you go deep with with what you do and uh, you know you will have experienced perhaps people who start to purge towards the end of the session where it starts to bubble up and bubble up. yeah yeah and it's really it's sometimes you know these are emotions that people um i kind of haven't felt for decades and but like as you know like you will know yourself this is your genius zone but it's like you know i say to people feeling is healing man and it's like you know this you only have to feel it once more and it's done then it's gone but you you got to be brave enough to go back there and not stuff it back down that's the that's the trick one and, thing i always go to with trauma and if you look at trauma I, everyone's trauma got trauma everyone if you put it in that it's just on different spectrums but 
You talk about it storing in the body. When a trauma is there, whether it's a loud noise you hear in your young, whether it's past life stuff, whether it's, like I say, family lineage stuff, whatever, it could yeah. be an accident. It's really something, it doesn't matter. The body's remembered that. It's stored that. And it's gone in with a certain intensity. Now, you've got to be brave enough, courageous enough, and be able to go there, like what you say, with the intensity to feel it, to release it. Because it's yeah. a it's this survival mechanism that goes round and round. It's like a trauma loop. Most people are trauma looping. And the way you yeah. close that loop is you've got to feel it. And I think the the way you um, the tools you have, the technologies you have to be mm. able to um, assist, guide, lead, help people heal through that. Um, they are people might when you. I want to go back. When you say, oh, people might think it's not normal, like some of the things you do might be a bit crazy and all that sort of stuff. If people actually realise what we are capable of, yeah, I, I could share a million things. Even from Costa Rica, when I was in Costa Rica, yeah. some of the stuff I was able to do, bring in people's fields, manoeuvre parts and geometry around and all these sorts of things, this is available to everyone. Who's, this yeah. is available to everyone. This is technology yeah. that is available to everyone. This is not yes. woo-woo shit. No. It might be alternative to what... Um, the, I call them the grubberment, not the government anymore. We've barred the yeah, word yeah. government because <laughs> yeah. they're grubs, but not yeah. what we've been fed for so long in Western society, so to say. So this is what I love about having you on too. It's like you're but not... The, government, the governments are not going to tell us. They're not going to teach us this stuff in high school, are they? So it's like they're not going to teach you how to access your divine inner superpower that you're born with. Your consciousness, they're not going to show you, you're not going to show you this. You know, I say to everybody, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you can do this. I can't believe you can do this. I said, look, you're born with the ability to do this. If you've got a soul and a pineal gland and a consciousness, you absolutely have the hardware and the equipment installed in here to be able to do it. You've just never been shown how to do it. Yep. I'm not going to show you this in high school because what's high school designed for? It's designed to churn out productive members of the system. This is it, who obey authority. And that's just basically how it's designed. And But the second we can start to wrap our heads around and go, ah, okay, maybe I can do this. That's like, honestly, some of the people I work with who perhaps have never got past guided meditations for the first, they've been using guided meditations. They can't get, they hit the ceiling. They can't get past it. Yeah. The frustration starts to build then because they're like, oh my God, I know there's more, but I just can't get past this. You know, when... I kind of start to explain things. And the way I do it as well, I try and I try and do it in a language and an energy and a frequency which everybody can understand. And I try and break it down as simply as possible because the spiritual industry is full of, and I love flowery language. I love it. It's juice for the Call it for what it is, man. Call I it. love it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I love, I, but I do genuinely love the language. But at the same time, if you're trying to understand something, to follow language that's kind of a bit flowery is sometimes difficult to follow. So what I like to do is to break things down and make it as simple as for people to, as, as possible. And, you know, sometimes when I'm, I'm teaching people how to elevate their consciousness past this brick wall, because there's no brick wall, it's a perception. We just, we end up, we end up going to this sort of infinite blackness where there's nothing there. It's just blackness and it's stillness. And people think that they've arrived and they're like, well, nothing's happening. It's just black. Like what the hell is going on? It's, it's quiet. And I say to people, that's not the finishing line. That's where you start. That's the start line for this playground for consciousness, which is what I call for it. And yeah. another thing, people put way too much pressure on themselves and 
I say to people, I, I, I call things for a reason. And I call the quantum field the playground for consciousness. And I want to call it the playground for consciousness because what do we have? What do we do in a playground? We have fun, right? So it's yeah. not about going and stressing and thinking, oh my God, I need to do this and I want to do this. Just go and have fun. Yeah. And if the second we surrender to it and just try and enjoy ourselves when we're in there, that's just when everything starts opening up. So yeah, it's it's totally. I think that's been one of the big things over the last couple of years. While a lot of the perceived chaos in the world has unfolded, a lot of people have lost sight of the joy, the fun, the play. I think for 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 Chaitanya and myself, we've intentionally introduced as much of that as we possibly could. And I'll be honest, mm. we're aware of what's going on in the world. Now we're not bypassing. I give you the tip. I probably know more than most people that <laughs> keep sharing information, but. We, we prioritise play. We prioritise fun. We prioritise our family fun. We mm. prioritise our values. All of that shit comes first. So we feel Absolutely. good. And, Absolutely. yeah, it takes a lot of time up, guys, but how cool is it? And then I'm grateful, as is yourself. We get, we get fulfilment through service too. I have fun with that too. I have amazing, amazing people that I serve in the world. I have amazing clients. I have amazing people that listen into this, that are on my socials, all these sorts of things. Now, more examples like that, I believe is actually how we change the world more going forward because we're showing people that it's not only possible, but yeah. through, like I say, I'll go back to it, we're in the service game. We're in the contribution game, if you want to call yeah. it that. With your clients and that, is that something, although you are helping them on a healing journey, I think there's nothing more healing than play. Well, that's, I think that's, I think it is for me because um, I, I have had a tendency in the past to stress out or hold on to my anger and all this sort of stuff and lose sight of the play. But I know when I do play and it's been grateful, I've been great having a little three-year-old, by the way. Little tip for all the listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> kids kids can can bring out this play in you they can um but i would love to know how you be that example for the people you're serving to around the joy part the goodness me the joy part so the joy part is literally just being engaged with your heart as opposed to being engaged with your head so it's like this logical day-to-day killjoy that we've got going on up here sometimes takes precedent over the heart, the inner child. We've all got the inner child within us, yeah? yeah? I'm 42 years old, I enjoy playing the PlayStation. I'm unashamedly, I like playing games. What's like, there's no, there's no, is it, you know, what, the second we, the second we move ego to one side, we just go, do you know what, this is just who I am. I just, I enjoy having fun. And what's, yeah. what's the harm in that, you know? But it's a case of always, uh, always making space, like you said, to have fun is number one but never being sort of afraid to follow your heart. And another thing with the people that I work with is one of the things that I kind of code into the kind of, I don't like the word container because it sounds like it's, it's people are kind of trapped in it, but it's, it's more like a vessel that people sort of join me on. What's coded into it frequency wise is just, it's a space where people feel comfortable it's a space where people don't feel judged because there's zero judgment. It's, we're just dealing with things objectively. We're, it's like a bird's eye view. We're looking down and we're just, we're just working through stuff. So there's no, there's no judgment. There's no nothing. And it's just literally a place where people can feel safe to express. And quite often when you start to ask the right questions and then you start, you, you combine the sort of investigative work 
with some targeted sort of energy work at the end, that's really when people get this this purge. And I've seen I've seen it go off like a grenade at the end, bang, with a huge purge. So what I tend to do now, I, I kind of I learn as I go along. I'm I'm learning all the time, right? Yeah. So I, I used to start off thinking, right, okay, there's maybe loads of emotional stuff to shift. We better do that at the start of the session. But then as it was all coming up, it's then difficult for people to engage sort of once the, the emotions are coming up. So what part of the skill of it, I guess, is kind of going through this deep, deep investigate invest I can't get my word out, investigative chat. That one. That one, yeah. We go through this really, really deep kind of investigation. And at the same time, I'm kind of multitasking. So we'll be having a conversation like this, and I'm reading the energy behind what's being said to me, and certain things light up for me. And I'll be writing things down, and I'll be led to go in certain directions. And um, what I what I tend to find is that um, in relation to somebody who's healing or somebody who who needs to express, we kind of begin to work through this stuff and. We then formulate sort of, I call it the energetic prescription that we need to kind of do. Um, so, you know, it's, everybody is sovereignly unique. So your journey is different to mine. My journey is different to yours. Um, my, our journey is different to somebody else's. So everybody's got their own unique story, right? So I, it's not, I can't develop this cookie cutter system where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to someone's Akashic Records, then Karmic Field, then it's going to be yeah. ancestral. And it's just like, dang, 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 dang. it can't work because... What, what worked for the last client is not what this client needs. Everyone needs their own kind of uh, yeah. unique thing, which is amazing, right? So that's what we do. We formulate the prescription. It could be one of about 30 different modalities that, that come up or that, that need to kind of, I need to, to um, sort of work with. And then towards the back end of the sessions when we jump in and do the energetic stuff. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's, re it's really cool. I'm blessed to be able to do it. I love... I love the one-to-one -one sessions because they're never, uh, no two are the same. Yeah. Um, and then, but I, we are moving towards sort of working with people more on a group uh, level now, trying to incorporate a bit of both really. So yeah, it's su super cool. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I think, I think that's the best thing with it too. When you love what you do, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the best example you can give. Like when you're feeling whole, people feel that. I go back to the egg example where you're feeling whole and you're expanded. That has a such an impact on the people in your environment. And um, that's my number one focus when it comes to clients. It's like they are all unique and different, but I'm my number one focus being able, if I'm looking after myself, if I'm feeling good, they're going to get better results. It's as simple as that. Yeah. 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 I have a question, and I love how this is free flow. When you hear, feel into wild man revolution, mm. what comes through for you? So if I think about Wild Man Revolution, it's about, let me open up and feel this. It's about being, as a man, being the most authentic version of you that you can possibly be, whatever that is. So it's a case of, um, I feel like society and pressures somehow mold men into becoming certain things maybe they take them away from who they truly are but i feel like it's completely coming back into sovereignty and being absolute healed because you know it's yes we can be masculine but there is there's toxic masculinity as this toxic femininity it works both ways it's not just a man thing but you know from, from a healed sort of divine masculine perspective men going back to who they truly are 
actually authentic versions of themselves on every level. That's what it kind of represents to me. Love that. Love that. Totally resonate with that. Totally feel that. And it goes into when you were talking about being in your heart and play, enjoy, like you'll play the, the PlayStation or you'll do whatever, yeah. you'll play games or whatever it is. Um, yeah. You'll hang out with friends. Like that's what this, when I was tuning into this, like the wild part of me, I, I'm in that place there, whether I'm playing with my son or family time or out in nature, like Aussie Outback. I remember when we were having our little podcast chat and everything on there the Architects of Destiny podcast with, yeah. you, with you that I catch wild stakes. I go out and I, I literally know I communicate with animals. I feel it. And the only way I can do that is if I'm in my heart. The only way I do it. And I'm, I'm not going out there and go, all right, I've got to be in my heart. As soon as I know I'm going out to experience this, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like that inner child, that little boy comes yes. out. And, and this is the thing about, about the, the wild like men out there, seriously, so many men are so stiff, so rigid, even the way you show up, go to work, all that. And not, not saying that you can't have a career that you love and all that. Rigid going to the gym. I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah. It's so rigid that the access to the heart or that inner child sometimes gets blocked out when the true way to access that wild or that wild man is that that's where it is in your heart, that play, that inner child. Now, I love it. And I love the authentic part too. We were having a chat before um, about like we're on a mission to serve more men, to help more men, to coach more men, to lead more, inspire, motivate, whatever language you want to put around it. And I feel we've both had a similar journey is where we've been able to help a lot of women. Um, and I, I'm going to call it you've got an intention <laughs> to help more men. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. And what you've seen in the, the spiritual world, personal development yeah. world, and how, if I was to frame a question, what is your role in bringing more balance into that, what we're talking about? And give a bit of a, yeah. yeah. So I would say that 95, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Now, I would say that 95%, that's just a, Lick my finger, stick it in the air, job, but it feels about right. Okay. I haven't got the KPIs on it, so it's not like a measurement. <laughs> it yeah. feels like like about, about that number. It's about 95% at estimates of women that I work with, which are all great, by the way. So this isn't a kind of whinge or a complaint. I love every single client that I work with. But it is kind of telling that um, there is a bit of an imbalance when it comes to the sort of male and the feminine. And you know, I, so where your intention goes, your energy flows. So I've set the intention that I would like to balance the books, so to speak, and actually call more men into my orbit. And the ones that I've, I, I, I do work with some great men, they're fantastic. And these men have gone through trans healing transformations. They kind of start in, from where some of these people were rock bottom when they've come in. And now they kind of, to the point where they're back working in careers that they really like and that they live in, you know, it's, it's transformation. And it's fantastic. But at the same time, I do feel like um, it's maybe indicative of sort of where we're at in society. And I feel, you know, we mentioned this briefly, I think where it stems from, I think you've got a lot of men who are unhealed at the moment around Earth, around the world, especially over the last couple of years. You know, people, are, you know, men have been hurt. If, if you want to... If you want to really hurt a man, 
really hurt a man, take his ability away to earn for his family. Yeah, that's really going to hurt a man. Now, there's a lot of men who are hurting and trying to make sense and they're holding on. And I do feel that there's a lot of stuff which is bottled up within men, whereas women, on the other hand, emotional creatures, it's all society expects that, it's fine to express. And I encourage yeah. that. That's great, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, it's not okay for men to do that. It's like literally suck it up, get out there. And, you know, if it's like stop being a wuss, suck it up. You know, you're not yeah. meant to have feelings. You're meant to be the robot that goes out there and pulls in the, the you know, the, yeah. the paycheck or pulls in the bacon, yeah, every month. Yeah. Not meant to have feelings. That's not the man's role, which is, which is sorry, I'm going to swear, just bollocks, right? Because we're, we're, we're emotional human beings. We're just, we just happen to have a different gender. We still feel emotion, just like everybody else. It's just society doesn't give us permission to express that. And I think what's going to happen as we go through this great awakening, there is going to be a lot of opportunity for men to literally go, okay, things are changing around me within the world. I've got an opportunity now to actually step forward and not be controlled by the past, but actually live the best life that I can possibly live on every single level. And this yeah. includes me being happy and I can allow myself to be happy. Because, you know, I don't have to suck this up and I don't have to be miserable. And it's not right that went on. And it's okay for me to feel like this. And I forgive myself for what I've been through. But do you know what? I'm, I, I get one shot at this life. I believe in reincarnation, but yeah. we get one shot at this life. Live the best effing life that you can for the rest of the days on your planet. And I believe there's a big, big opportunity for guys to step into that. Certainly over the next 12 to 18 months as things begin to really shift around the world. So 100% agree. If, if, if men can look at the um the opportunity that is there like most men that i see are motivated in pain most people yeah. are motivated in pain I, i've seen a huge shift in the last few years for women but who are yeah. i love how you say emotional creatures because that's how yeah. it's they're being accepted so the thing it's okay yeah. for that um but i see the women have already sort of led the way with the opportunity at hand before everything's unfolded and the pain point for a lot of men has been what you know that being able to provide an income and I think a lot of men have been shown that that is so one dimensional that is not actually the defined role of what it means to be a man. Now, I love providing and I encourage every man to do their best to provide, but providing just doesn't mean monetary. Money is energy. Yep. Wherever you're putting your time, energy and focus, your kingdom, I always put in the frame of your kingdom. I think what, what's been presented to men is this opportunity to get your kingdom, their kingdoms in order. Mm. What is a king? I think a king, and, a, and not your normal movie examples, a king has got everything in order. He has respect. Yeah. He, has, he has presence. Yeah. He has his king, queen, by his side, not under him, not there, equally. He has his family living in a thriving place. Everyone listens to the king. Not because he's better, not there. He's okay to assert his energy. He's, a, he's, he's freely expressed. If, if men understood this, he doesn't provide by, all right, pay queen. I'll be back at six tonight. <laughs> I'll come, I'll bring the money home, I'll bring the, the food home. You'll love me more then. That's not what it is. A king is like having your own kingdom in order and your own kingdom is inside too. Um, and again, the opportunity at hand with the income thing for a lot of men and careers and everything in the last couple of years that's been presented, if you just pivot a little bit and go, okay, cool, I might have liked my job, the guys here are okay, but I haven't been able to do it, what have you pivoted to? What have you opened yourself up to? 
have you have you noticed that maybe spending some more time with family in the last couple of years you really enjoy it i know my dad i don't know what life was like with your dad my dad worked his ass off didn't see him in the mornings and seen him at six o'clock at night a couple of beers watch the news don't don't annoy me my old man was awesome on the weekends amazing lots of adventures but it was just work 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 to provide a minimum wage because he thought that's what he had to do um, the other thing I'll mention to that is, and this is where I go back to being an example, and I love you as an example, um, with the spiritual business too, with your kingdom, is the examples we've had for the last hundred so years, politicians, fucking men on the news, sports people, not knocking anyone back who wants to follow their dreams or their passions in the physical field of sporting arena and all that sort of stuff, but it hasn't been a man who's got his kingdom in order, really. It hasn't been an example that shows us that, hey, we can live a whole life. I could go on about this part because this is what I'm passionate about helping men. And it's actually been the key for me to have more men step into this is that incentive, you could, to say, fuck, if I get my kingdom in order, what? I can I can spend more time with my family? Yep. What I don't have to go to a, I don't have to listen to that asshole who just because he gives me a check every week. What I I can have a beautiful queen and actually yep. open up to her and be vulnerable and she's going to love me more. Yep. What my kids are going to have fun hanging out with me and my dad jokes are cool all the time. This has been a big shift I've had in being able to help a lot of men. They're starting to go that opportunity's hand and go. Wow, this is possible. This is possible. I think a big thing that I've noticed too is men think healing is a dirty word. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's the, the, the trouble. The trouble is, like you say, healing. And it's kind of, it means sort of acknowledging the emotions, right? And it comes down to we're, we're pack animals. That's how we're wired, right? So it's literally, it's like, you know, we don't want to display perceived weakness to the pack. Because we get less food, we get less women. That's how it is. comes down to pecking order in the pack. Yep. It's instinctive. It's like, and it's within us. This is, a, we're, we're just sort of, uh, we're animalistic. And it's the same as the psychology behind herd mentality. Why it's safer to follow the herd and people, you know, the governments can manipulate and do this kind of thing. But we're herd, we're, herd, we're animals. This is what animalistic. So it comes down to where we're perceived within the pack, within the social group. So, you know, it's, it's we need to kind of unwire this, um, sort of paradigm that emotion equals weakness because it doesn't because let me tell you if you can come to terms with and heal yourself you actually become a stronger well-rounded more more well-rounded individual who's actually happier on many levels you actually in a way advance in the packs so you're not kind of going to slide down you're actually you're actually doing the work and investing in yourself actually yeah. putting yourself up so We'll go to the 95% women thing because that's been my experience yeah. and I'll put myself in my own growth. All the events, all the retreats, all the emergence, everywhere I've travelled has probably been that sort of number. And the vulnerability part for me, I noticed this really early on. I'm significance driven by the way too, even though I used to be petrified to be around a group of people and stuff. That's changed a lot now. But I used to find when I got vulnerable, surrounded by not just the women and everything like that, I had a a higher level of respect, mm. our, our acceptance. Now, things yes. that you could look for that people can come from a healthy way to want to get, but yes. because I was being vulnerable, talking about my shit, where yes. I didn't feel yes. good, where I didn't feel whole, where I didn't feel like 
I was loved or all these. But do you know what that was? Do you know what that was? It's like you were standing in your truth. There's nothing people respect more than truth. And if you're being vulnerable and go, this is my, my truth, there's nothing people are going to respect more than that. So no wonder you had the respect of everybody there because you were just expressing your truth. You were being truthful. It's what's on offer. I, I, I can, yeah. we're, we're probably on repeat with men. And listen in, men. I know you're listening. And I know if you're not listening, your wife or your partner is wanting you to yeah. listen and listening in and passing your own feedback. Because I mentioned yeah. this in the last podcast, more women listen and watch this podcast than men still. I see all the, the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but, men... If you want amazing women in your life, you want amazing, loving relationships to yes. be appreciated. If you want all this amazingness in your world, get vulnerable. <laughs> 100%. Whatever your truth is right now, even if you don't feel good, own it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take responsibility of it because when you take that responsibility of it, you're not going back. You're not going back to it. Well, shoulda, coulda, woulda. You're not going back to this hurts me still or whatever. You get to heal on the journey, but you've got to take that responsibility. Be okay to be seen, be heard, be felt. Yeah. yeah. We're all human beings, right? And, you know, part, the, part of the deal of being a human being in this incarnation here on earth is that we feel feelings and we're emotional. Just because we're men, it, just, it doesn't mean that we're immune to feelings. But that's what society will tell you. But we're not. We feel the same... We feel the same cocktail of emotions that women do. We just don't express them. We've been taught. We've been taught, you know, if, um, you know, the strong members of society, emotions are weakness, you just need to suck it up. It's character building, da 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 And so what happens? We just unlearn how to feel and how to process emotions. So what happens? We go through crap, hurts, hurts like hell, and we just yeah. stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down. And, you know, the, I guess the transformation this kind of chrysalis that we go through of, of change where we can literally be happy. Oh my God, I, if I compare my life from five or six years ago and how I felt day to day to how I feel now and asked to put a value on that, I couldn't even put a value, it'd be priceless because it's like, how, how can you put a value on, on being happy on every single level? You know, and I didn't realize actually until it all fell away how deeply unhappy I was. I just thought that that was life. And I thought that <laughs> that's how everybody lives. Everybody feels like this, but it's not, you know, you, but you, all of us have got the opportunity within us to kind of transform our lives, certainly emotionally on every level. This semester, all the guys just, you know, emotion is not a dirty word and it's okay to feel that. It really is. 100%. And well, one thing that triggers me, and I hear this a lot from men, ah, oh, things are okay. Oh, man, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah all right, mate. I'm yeah. going okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, not too bad. <laughs> okay, but I, I, I resonate because that was me in the mines. I was, yeah. I was going okay. But I look back and the contrast I've got now, yeah. I was fucking miserable. Yeah, like, yeah. But, I was but, so but, but, unhappy. Well, I, th I think there's a distinction we need to make here because, you know, one thing I've, I, I've always worn my heart on my sleeve. And I joined the Air Force when I was sort of 16 years old to get away from my dad predominantly because I didn't really get on with my father. Good way to like, get away like, from your dad, get in a, yeah, 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 get in a jet. Like, <laughs> yeah. So basically, we were just kind of uh, just clashing button heads and it was just kind of, it was just unhealthy, a bit toxic at home. So, you know, my mum suggested, she said, well, why don't you join the army? And I thought, well, I don't, I don't fancy... The army but i like planes so you know i'll look into that so basically join, join the air force 
And it was just, um, where was I going with this? Why did I mention the Air Force? All of this is just flowing through. I've gone there for some reason. Why have I mentioned the Air Force? What did we come off? Point me in the right direction again. Where do we come off? <laughs> I'm trusting your flow. No, yeah. well, I was talking about like the loneliness and the unhappiness and you were going to put it into the perspective. Like for people being okay to say, hey, I'm just okay. And then I went into, well, I look back and I've got the contrast for how I was feeling when I had my oh, life sorted yeah, together. I've got it. Yeah. I've got, got it. it. I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. So basically when I was in the Air Force, I wore my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. And I'd come into work in the morning and if somebody would say to me, oh, how are you doing? Instead of just saying, oh, yeah, I'm okay. I'd go, no, I'm pissed off. No, and I'm pissed off because of this person and, and I'd just express it. And yeah. so I'd never really, I'm always been quite open, always wore my heart on the sleeve and never sort of been streetwise when I was younger in that way. Whereas I would watch what I would say, I would just, just spew it out. Yeah. But what, what would then happen is people would use that as ammunition and use it against me, basically. So I think we need to make a distinction here. So perhaps within the work environment, it's kind of, you know, but people you trust and your family and stuff, it's okay then to open up and say, no, I'm not okay. I am annoyed because of this and I am annoyed yeah. at that. But, you know, it's just make sure it's within your sort of trusted circle and somebody at work's not going to use that to kind of screw up your promotion or, or whatever they're going to do as people do, unfortunately. But, but yeah, I think just probably... Just wanted to make that distinction just, uh, you know, because I've been on the receiving end of, of that when I was sort of 16. So Yeah, I think, and maybe to even take that a little bit further too, like when you're 16, you're, we, we are easily impacted or easily mm. um, triggered, offended, or that's still when, yes, we might have a programming conditioning, but we will take it on board. And mm. later in life, the way I, whether it's there, because not even going to pretend that expressing myself openly hasn't sort of led to situations where I could have expressed a bit more in a healthier way because it has been utilized as ammunition. But again, at the end of the day, one of my goals maybe is to become bulletproof, not from not feeling, not from not being hurt, but being able to go, okay, cool. I'm okay to be freely expressed wherever I go. I'm okay to be like that no matter what comes back. And trusting too, and this is the healing journey, I think, too, where we get to that point where we have the environment, but we don't have people who are going to use shit as ammunition or project, throw it back. Now, we're going to get it for now, guys. We are. We are in turbulent times. We are in crazy times. We are in chaotic times. Depends how you look at it. You're always going to get opportunity to go, well, I maybe not bite my tongue and suppress it down. It could have been a healthier way to sort of express myself. Maybe a better timing, maybe a, a better person to be able to share that with. I do it. Do you know what I do? I was coming through. I get, you probably get the same. I get a lot of marketers message me and they go, how are you? <laughs> I'm 16 year old you. I'm like, I'm actually getting super triggered or I'm actually not feeling very good. I'm actually really tired. And it's fascinating <laughs> they're not yeah. expecting it well <laughs> yeah. I, I what I, what I do I'm good at reading energy so I just I just come back to, to the <laughs> I just say well I'm, I'm uh, you know things are going great but I'm you know one of the gifts I've got is to be able to read the intention behind people's words and then they tend to go quiet then they don't come back so yeah. on the side <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah this has been awesome this is where I get to the part where I ask 
how do you see the world in the next 12 months? And most importantly, what role do you see yourself having okay. in how the world unfolds or evolves? What, what an amazing question. I love, like, I love this. My insides are singing, like, because you've just asked this question. I wasn't expecting it, but it's, and this is why I've really liked this conversation because it just kind of ebbs and flows nicely. It's really nice on different topics and stuff. Um, so one of the things um, which I haven't mentioned, but I, it's I sort of probably apt that I mention it now. One of the things I'm able to do with my consciousness is to read energy and actually read what's coming before it comes into contact with the five senses. So I call it my over the horizon radar. Um, and it's, uh, some would say it's a blessing, some would say it's a curse, you know, sometimes maybe not knowing is, is, is a good thing, but I do see this stuff. So how I see this, um, I did sort of, and I, I wrote my energetic predictions for 2022 at the end of November, and I did like a webinar or a training session where I outlined what was coming up in 2022. A lot of the stuff has already started to kick in, so things seem to be accelerating sooner, sooner than what I thought or sooner than I'd read. But what, what I did read was that within 2022, um, this is the equivalent of the dark night of the soul for humanity. It doesn't get worse than what it's going to get this year, right? And it's been on a sort of downward slope since this kicked off in 2020. And it's going to go down and down and down and down and down until about the end, the last week of August, all of September and about the first week into October. That's the rock bottom, right? And then from this point is where it just starts to come back up the other side. Up until about, and we're on this upward trajectory until around sort of June 2024. Yeah. Um, and that's where you will, from the period of sort of September, beginning of October 2022 this year, up until the middle of 2024 is when you're going to see these kind of systems start to fall away. And that's when they're not going to be. So up until that point, it's going to get worse. So you're going to yeah. see more military on the streets. You're going to see... Um, violence from protesters and things like this government's going to come with military to try and squash that it's difficult to predict whether the economic crash is going to occur 2022 or 2023 it's like reading a muddy puddle but it's in within that vicinity where the switch over takes place okay. um but beyond this so it's not all doom and gloom so yes this look it doesn't get worse than what it gets now we've, we've come through this far it gets better from here right yeah. so yes it's going to get a bit more stressful over the next few months but it does start to get better. But what's on the back end of this, on the other side, is an, a utopia by comparison to what we've had. So this debt-based system where everybody's kind of enslaved by debt from the fractional reserve banking system, it's going away. So there's not going to be debt anymore. Yeah. There'll be the quantum financial system. So it'll be decentralized. So they're not going to have their way where they get the great reset their way. It's going to be, the reset is going to be our way. So they, we've already won this. It's, it's done. It's just... It's like watching this pantomime play out because it just has to play out. That's just what, what, what is happening. Um, and it's just a case of just for people to kind of just hold on and just not to lose hope because I know it seems to have been over the last couple of years getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And it's, it's um, you need to just think of it along the lines of you've got these um, troublemakers, right, within a room and it's at a party or whatever. And basically what's happened is the good has won, basically. That's already happened. 
And what is happening now are the troublemakers are being ejected by security out of the room. And all that's happening at the moment, they're just trying to smash up the room before they get kicked out, basically, onto the street. So that's what we're witnessing at the moment. They're trying to cause as much damage and carnage and try and wreck the place. Because just it's out of spite, if you want to think of it like this. But the back end of this, start to think of new education systems, start to think of uh, sort of a new economy and a new way of doing things, more decentralization, people actually stepping into their sovereignty and actually starting to express and create incomes through flow of what they actually want to do, not because it's like, shit, I need to pay the mortgage or, my God, I hate this job. People are not going to be doing stuff they hate anymore. You know, everything is going to be provided. We're going to have the, the food supply is going to be redesigned. There's going to be new education systems for kids. So none of this sort of Marxist, communist, doctrination camps where they're kind of, uh, you know, brainwashing kids with critical race theory and telling them their teapots and all this kind of stuff and kind of really messing kids up within that system. There's going to be proper new education systems which are put in. So as an opportunity for humanity, you hear this whole thing where they keep trumpeting this build back better. It's going to be the great rebuild, but we're going to do it our way. It'll be our way, not their way. But there's so much to do. So what I just want to appeal to all the guys listening to this. If you if you're wondering what your role is going to be in this new earth as this comes in, number one, what a privilege and what a time to be alive to watch all that old BS crumble away. We get yeah. to watch that. The front row seats watching this go, right? So, you know, our grandparents fought in the wars and stuff. They didn't get to see this. Some of them have passed away. My grandparents are gone now, so they're not getting to witness this. I'm, I'm grateful to be here to watch it. At the back end, when this goes, don't think that within this new earth or this new uh, way of living, this new consciousness, this new systems and the way that we're kind of living day to day, that it's all going to be spiritual teachers, all kind of raw vegan, sitting on a leaf and like with energy <laughs> and I'm, I'm loving my water and I'm loving my food. It's not, you're still going to, we're still going to need products, services and physical products. The electricity suddenly isn't going to become wireless. We still need electricians and carpenters and build. It's just we're going to be operating with a different level of consciousness. Yeah. What I can also see, I'd like to share with you, is super exciting. Okay, gone. This is awesome. What I, what I want to share with you is like how we're going to be doing business with one another in the future. It's going to be more energetically. So you're going to have smart contracts on the blockchain. And a yeah. part of these smart contracts are going to be whether as a customer and a service provider or, or a business, are we a good energetic match? Because if you look back at half of the core battles and problems and where people have fallen out, it's just they're a bad match energetically. One will try and screw the other one over, whether it's on the customer won't pay or whether the person was the, the person providing the service or product is going to screw the customer. That's not going to happen. So there will be an energetic match when it comes to the smart contract. So you will find that people start doing business a lot more ethically. There's not going to be... There's not going to be a need for, um, I think a, a lot of the lawyers and the court cases will disappear through the floor because people aren't going to be fighting as much as they did. Yeah. And it's like, it comes down to people are just going to be operating in a more ethical way because you know, you're going to know that you're not going to get screwed over by the other person. So why would you therefore go and there's an abundance of work, there's an abundance of resources and money, it doesn't matter. So we're just going to shift up. It's almost like we're going to go into top gear from a, a consciousness perspective and leave leave third gear. We're going to fifth gear and yeah. we're, we're going flat out pedal to the metal and it's going to be amazing. And so by comparison, when you look back at what's failed and what we've had here, oh, another thing, the political systems aren't going to be here either. So that's going to be gone. So you're going to have this quantum uh, 
societies and uh, communities will, will uh, by and large, have a, they'll be like the quantum voting system. So these middlemen, the politicians, ain't going to be there. So we will be, we will be voting via smart devices connected to this, this new system on what we want within our local areas. And then that will be enacted. So there won't be these politicians who will take the taxation, fiddle off <laughs> the dodgy contracts and then pay out the peanuts to the, to the society. You know what I mean? There's going to be none of this. So we should be privileged and excited for what's coming in because we, like I say, we, we've got front row seats here at the greatest like boxing match in history. And we're just about to watch the baddies get flawed in the ring basically it's going to be amazing so it's 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 just a privilege but it is just a process we're going through we've been through over two years of this now we're literally coming to bottom out and we're going to be it's just going to get better from here so it's going to be it's going to be great man. love that it's the best it's a good question isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it just allows the flow to come We'll have to talk after this podcast about a project I'm working on with the decentralized autonomous organization and these sorts of things too. Um, yeah, it's okay. a big deal. I think I think it'll um you've got the juices flowing in me again with it too. But mm-hmm. man, I love that too because I think 2022 is going to be I, I hear 2020 yeah. times two. Yeah. So 2020 was hard for a lot of people. Is this 2020 yeah. number two? It's like the um, yeah. the second you know, part of the series. It's the... But in astrology, you know that Pluto's coming back around, don't you? And that's yeah. basically, this is like, signifies the end of empires. So the last the last time, or the end, the, the end of empires and the beginning of new things. So the last time America experienced this was when it was founded. So th- there's a conjunction here tomorrow, when it, or 20, 20, 22 to 22, is kind of the anniversary of when uh, America declared in- independence. It was formed, right? But if you go back again, the Roman Empire fell when Pluto came back around again. So it's like this is this whole thing is all starting to align energetically. So just expect it's going to be rocky, but it, it's going to be like let's know, put it out there because the Roman Empire is still here in a different form. Let's okay, put it out yeah. there that this one yeah. is the time that it totally goes. And I think the kicking and screaming. Yeah. Troublemakers at the party analogy, that was yep. perfect because it's exactly what they're doing. Um, yep. That Roman Empire is just show, showing up in a different form again and again and again, but this is the time. What a time to be alive. And I have a bunch of American patriots listening that they'll love the 1776 reference. Um, I actually I feel that I've probably got more of my US um, peeps listening in and supporting me than ever before too. So awesome. shout out to you guys. You guys know what it's all about. Um, this has been awesome. This podcast, man, this has been a great chat flow, um, expression. Uh, definitely would love to have you back on in the future before we go, aside from all the links down below that I've got for your beautiful wife and you, Ria, you've got some great things going on. Tell the people what you got going on courses, where to find you, um, and the like. So you can find me at www.aaronlazar.com. That's A-E-R-O-N-L-A-Z-A-R.com. That's mine. Also got a a sort of joint brand with my wife, Ria, uh, called The Architects of Destiny. And you can find, you can go to that website, check it out, www.thearchitectsofdestiny.com. 
Um, got loads of programs, um, a whole one-to-one sessions. You can kind of uh, jump on there and book a session. They do book up. So I'm kind of, I'm probably about six weeks to two months ahead. I, I'm kind of booked, but yeah. for one-to-one sessions, they are popular. Uh, but I have got other stuff in there. I've got courses on uh, teaching people how to access their Akashic records, work on themselves energetically. Um, I've got sort of courses for beginners. I call it quantum deep dive, and that's teaching people sort of fundamental level how to step into their multidimensionality, how to elevate their consciousness, how to connect to different races of light. All of those races have got different energetic signatures, like a calling card, so they all feel different energetically. So there's how to channel energy. There's loads of stuff. Uh, we've just launched a brand new program now, which I'm super, super pumped about. This is, we begin shifting timelines on 7th of March. So it's coming up. Um, call it Transcending Dimensions. And basically what this is, it's literally breaking down of all the old 3D grid work and perceptions, breaking down the old, breaking people fully out of the matrix and actually birthing people at the other end completely healed, completely in alignment with what they, were sh- they should be doing. So actually creating potentially a business that they, they should be doing. So taking them perhaps from um, jobs that they didn't like, et cetera, or perhaps they, they were doing stuff which was out of alignment, actually expressing truly what they should be and actually making income around this. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then actually breaking people down, building people back up. It's a three-month program. And in the third um, month is where we we call it the embodiment. And that's basically where we really look to start in, installing things like 5D abundance grids. Uh, we start to start to install uh, all the energetic works and the activations, etc. And the frequency coded into it is that souls who decide to join us on this transformational journey are not the same people at the back end that come in at the front end, the people are gonna completely change on every single level because every single person deserves a chance to live a life of their true potential and be happy on every single level. And a big part of this is, is trauma healing. So there's, yeah. there's so many modalities we've incorporated into this. Probably this draws on our own experience over the last few years, having been on this huge transformation and then basically we've drawn on the stuff which we went through and drawn on the stuff that uh, that we developed and we've condensed that and channeled that in and condensed it into 12 week process. So it's the deepest uh, process or deepest work you can ever imagine, but the results and the transformation is gonna be phenomenal for people. So that's kicking off on the 7th of March. Um, so we've got a bit to go left with that. You can find more details on the architectofdestiny.com. Um, other than that, we've got the podcast, as Steve kindly mentioned at the start. We're all over YouTube, uh, TikTok. Rhea does a lot of light language stuff on TikTok, and I do stuff about the extraterrestrials, and probably a bit more of the woo-woo stuff we do on TikTok, because that's just yeah. the audience we've built on there. They, they love it, so we, we, that's what we do on TikTok. And then sort of we do more uh, the transformational stuff on YouTube and Facebook and Insta and things like that. So that's pretty much where people can catch it. Awesome, brother. Love it. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on this latest edition of the Wildman Revolution podcast. Super grateful for your time, your value, and what you're doing in the world, brother. Um, check it out, guys. Again, check out Aaron and Ria, Architects of Destiny, and all the links down below. Um, get in touch with him too. If this resonates with you, if you've got even any questions or anything, hit him up on his socials. Hit me up in here. Leave a review if you like this. If you want Aaron back on, 
I'm going to get him back on for sure because I think we've only scratched the surface today. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's been a deep dive. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Always, do you know what? I've, I, every time we have a chat, I always really enjoy talking to you. It's like I remember... The first time I came across you is when you were doing your lives on Facebook. And I remember we were living in Perth then, so it's gone back like probably a year, I reckon, you started mm -hmm. doing them. And I always used to in enjoy just sitting, you've just got this great delivery. And I know you kind of, you know, uh, like I say, the message and stuff really started resonating with me. I was like, right, I just love this guy's energy. I love what you stand for. I could just feel it. Like I say, I, I not so much listen to the words, I just feel people say, I can't help it. It's just it's just like breathing. But I just could feel into your energy and it just really resonated. I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. And I remember the great conversation we've had um on on ours. And it's great to be on here and talk to you. And I've 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 absolutely loved it. So yeah, I'd definitely like to do it again at some point in the future. Just just give us a shout. Done. Thank you again, mate. And see you on the next edition of the Wildman Revolution podcast peaks. Bye-bye.